0: Merry Christmas. How are you guys doing? Man, so excited to have each and every one of you here. My name's Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here. And especially, especially if this is your first time being here with us at Trace, we are thrilled that you have joined us as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so thank you for accepting whatever invitation was sent in your direction and coming and joining us. Hey, a few weeks ago, we kicked off this series called Greater Than and one of the ways that we kicked this off, this off is by talking about the subject of weariness and specifically how Jesus is greater than our weariness. And the reason why I felt like we needed to talk about that is because in a season that is supposed to be full of wonder, in a season that truly should be wonderful, we find ourselves just being overwhelmed by weariness. And maybe Maybe it's because we're holding on to the things in this world a little too tightly, and so what I, my encouragement to us then will be the same encouragement that I have to you this morning, and that is we need to let go of some of the things that we're holding on to tightly so that we can hold on to Jesus once again. Because if anybody can lead us from weariness to wonderful, it's going to be Him. And so one of our hopes for each and every one of you in here this morning is that this service would do just that help you to move from weariness to wonderful as we celebrate Christmas together today. Well, I bet my family's not very different than yours. And what I mean by that is we have our own Christmas traditions, right? You probably do yourself where you have traditions that you have in place, that you put in place every single Christmas season. And I think one of the traditions that we have is probably one that many of you share, and that is going through this marathon of Christmas movies right? Does everybody do this? I know we do this, and we have all these movies we want to watch through the Christmas season, and I think that these movies have become a lot more than just entertainment. I think for many of us, these movies become a vehicle, and they allow us to kind of let go of the chaos, like to remove ourselves from the chaos that's often wrapped up in the culture that we live in, and to embrace the Christmas season once again. Some of these movies help us to experience awe and wonder again. Some of these movies remind us of our childhood experiences, and some of these movies, man, they even help us to feel something. Let me see if any of these movies made your list. First one we're going to talk about is this. It's a wonderful life, right? And in in this movie, we're, we're reminded, we're reminded that even when life gets really, really tough, that we never give up on one another and that we need to be there for one another, especially when life is hard. Maybe a different category, but I bet many of you watch this right here. The Grinch. And the Grinch reminds us that our stuff was never meant to satisfy. The stuff that we own, the stuff that we often invest our time and attention and, yes, resources into, it really doesn't satisfy. And so even after the Grinch went and stole all their ornaments and all their gifts and even took the food out of the refrigerator, the people of Whoville, they still come out and they sing and celebrate. Or what about this little girl right here from the Miracle on 34th Street, Susan? Susan reminds us, of the importance of not losing faith. And she reminds throughout the movie, she reminds her mom that no matter how old you get, man, don't ever lose your sense of awe and wonder, don't ever lose your faith. And then we have one that maybe is not as redeemable, uh, Home Alone. <laughs> but I love, this is one of my favorite ones, and we haven't, we watched Home Alone 2, we haven't watched Home Alone 1 yet, and we, we probably will, maybe tonight. And the, one of the reasons why I love this is because it it reminds us of how much fun it is to laugh at bad guys when they get hurt um, and maybe it teaches us that how not to parent right I mean if that movie does anything it probably doesn't but then the last one I'm almost certain has no redeemable value uh, yeah this is the only one that the last service got applause for which is kind of scary but that's okay um, but this is one of my favorites and probably and you'll probably share this intimate probably because it makes me feel better about my own dysfunctional family right because all of us have one of these guys, don't we? Cousin Eddie, right? We talked about this last week. How many of you guys know right now who your cousin Eddie is? Just go ahead and throw it up. If you don't know who it is, it might be might might be you. Might be you. You see, a good story has a way of drawing us in. It actually can make us feel something, it taps into our emotions and sometimes even motivates us to make some changes in our lives. This past week, Emily and I, my wife, We took some of our kids to go see the movie Wonder. If you haven't had a chance to take your kids to go see this, I really would encourage you to do so. And this movie talks about this little boy who was born with facial deformities. And it kind of navigates his life as he goes to school for the first time, because for the elementary, his elementary years of living, of life, his mom homeschooled him. But then he decides to go to school for the first time in junior high school. And so it kind of captures what it's like for a boy that doesn't look like everybody else. And it shows some of the ugly sides of our culture, even though it's not a true story. And it reminds us, it doesn't matter what we look like, right? Because God always looks at the heart. When we got home, I noticed that one of my daughters was writing some things on a piece of paper. And I looked at her and said, hey, what are you doing? And she said, I'm writing, I'm writing down some things that I don't want to forget. And I said, it's, it's things that you learned from the movie? And she said, yes. And so I asked her if I could actually share some of the things that she wrote down. And she said I could. Here's what she wrote down after watching this movie. She said this, stay calm, act normal. God, show us the right thing to do and give us the courage to do it. Looks, they can be deceiving. Act from the heart, not beauty. Walk away from the wrong choices. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be kind in actions and in words. Don't use hurtful actions. Show kindness. Always use kind words. Be loving and caring to those in need. You always have another chance. You see, when a movie moves from entertaining to inspirational, it has the ability to reshape our lives. So what about this story right here? For some... They would say this story is nothing more than fiction. Some would even say that's a fairy tale. Some would say this is a true story about a, a baby named Jesus that was born to a gal named Mary, but there's really nothing miraculous about it. While others would still say, man, I know my life should be more focused on this. I do believe it's true. My life just doesn't necessarily represent it because I've been caught up in the wrong things. For some, Christmas for them may be depicted best in this picture right here, right? A little bit of holiness and a little bit of Hollywood. Friends, let me, let us make no mistake or confusion this morning. This story, the story of Jesus, it was meant to reshape our lives. John, who got to spend a lot of time with Jesus, obviously knew this better than we do. This is why he wrote this in one of his letters. He said this, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. You see, the story of Christ and his birth, it's about an invitation. An invitation from God to be a part of a story that he's trying to tell, not the story that Hollywood's trying to tell or the story that the world's trying to tell not even the story maybe that you're trying to tell it's the story that God is trying to tell through his son Jesus and here's the deal here's the beauty of the Christmas story he wants to write you into that story but for some of us even though we know this to be true we've allowed ourselves to get caught up in the wrong story to get captured by the wrong story maybe a story that's a little bit too much self-serving a story that potentially elevates the importance of stuff too much, maybe even a story that puts a little bit too much focus on this guy named Santa. You see, a story like that, those kind of stories, they have little room for a savior. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't celebrate the other aspects of this holiday. I'm not saying don't go buy gifts and you know, don't go watch movies from Hollywood, and don't have your family traditions, you know, don't not go sledding in the snow they predicted we were going to have on Christmas Eve, but they lied to us (laughs) once again. Yes, I'm bitter. I'm very bitter. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying and encouraging you this morning, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in the wrong story. Because when that happens, and I think it's probably been true for all of our lives at some point or other, when we get caught in the wrong story, that's where a lot of our weariness comes from, right? I mean, that's where we start to notice that no matter how much stuff that we accumulate, it never satisfies. For some people, this takes a lifetime for them to figure that out. But maybe that's not your story. Maybe your story is one of exhaustion and fatigue because no matter how fast you run you just can't seem to catch up with life with work with your bills maybe with your emotions maybe you can't catch up with your kids or maybe your story is that you got one of those minds that just never stops and it keeps you from resting I can identify and it keeps you from resting and Because of that fatigue, you're starting to notice that some of the decisions that you're making in life are reckless. Friends, I'm not telling you to not celebrate other aspects of the story of Christmas. I'm simply telling you, and maybe even giving you a small warning, just don't get caught up in the wrong story. But if that's you this morning, if anything that I've just said identifies with where you're at, let me remind you, Christmas, the story of Christmas... It's for you, because Jesus is greater than whatever story, whatever story, whatever story that you have potentially gotten lost in. You see, when Jesus showed up in that little manger, hope showed up, love showed up, everlasting life showed up, second chances showed up, all because a Savior showed up. But that might be what we're missing the most. That might be the part of this story that we're missing the most when we come back around another 365 days to celebrate this season once again. I think what we might be missing the most is our need for a Savior. Because when we don't see our need for a Savior, then why in the world would we celebrate one? And when we stop celebrating what this season is really supposed to be about, which is the fact that God loved us so stinking much that He literally sent us His Son that was the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, so that the separation that was between us and Him because of our sin, that that could be filled. And through His sacrifice, 33 years later, after His birth, we can now have a relationship with Him. And so, friends, when we stop celebrating the fact that this season's main focus should be on the Savior then we stop celebrating what the season is really supposed to be like. Friends, when we don't realize that we need a Savior, when we don't realize that we're broken, we'll miss the blessing. Another way to say that would be this. You're never more together. You're never going to be more together than when you actually realize that you're broken. Because when you realize you're broken, oh man, you're going to appreciate the Savior that much more. Here's what I want, want to do for us this morning. I'd like, I'd like to read the Christmas story to you once again. Something that maybe you do every year. Maybe this is a part of your traditional routine, and you come to church, and it's all good stuff. But I, I want to read this story to you this morning with a, an encouragement. I want you to allow this to recapture you once again. Allow it to fill you with awe and wonder and excitement and anticipation, but more than anything, let this story remind you of how much we should celebrate the fact that God loved us so much that he sent us a Savior so that we could be written into his story and not our own. If you have your Bibles with you, feel free to open up to Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to begin in verse 1 here in just a moment. Some of you have the Bible on a mobile device or something, feel free to open it up. And again, just one more encouragement. Maybe pretend today this is the first time that you've ever heard the story. And remember how much you actually needed a savior to come for you. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary to whom he was engaged. She was now expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David." And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, man, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has just told us about. And so they hurried to the village, and there they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby. There he was. Emmanuel. God with us. The Messiah, the one that had been promised for thousands of years, actually was there. He showed up. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone... This should be our natural response to things, friends. When we find the Messiah, the Savior, and we realize the good news, we should go tell everyone, which is exactly what they did. They told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherds, all who heard the shepherds, were astonished. My prayer and my hope For each and every one of you this Christmas. Is that this story. No matter how many times you read it. Would always astonish you. And no matter what story. That you've gotten caught up in. No matter what story you've been captured by. Here recently. That's not the story that maybe God has for you. That you're always reminded. Because of the story of Christmas. Because of the birth of Jesus. There's always another chance. There's an opportunity for you. To be written back into his story. All you have to do. All you have to do is hand him your life. Hand over the keys to your life. Interesting enough, another parallel story that's happening at the same time that I'm reading this is these three wise men. Maybe you've read this part too in Matthew chapter 2. And these three wise men that we also call the Magi, they go and they find Jesus and they give him three Christmas presents. And before they leave, God gives them a dream. And in that dream, he tells them, don't go back the way that you came because they were getting ready to go back to King Herod because Herod was trying to trap them to trying to find out where the baby Jesus was where the the newborn king, the Messiah because he wanted to kill him but the wise men didn't know this so God showed up to them in a dream and says, hey, before you leave I just want to tell you don't go back the same way that you came as we leave today Some of us may need to go a different route. Some of us might not need to go back the same way that we came. Don't let it take another 365 days to be reminded that God sent you a Savior so that you could be written into His story. Here's what I'll close with. 2,020 years ago, there was a little baby born in a manger that's approximately in a town called Bethlehem, which is approximately 1,560 miles away from right where you sit. 33 years after his birth, he gave up his life by being crucified on a cross for you and for me. And so that if we'll put our faith in him, he'll change our story. In less than 24 hours, we celebrate his birth. We celebrate the fact that he's got a better story that we can be written into. So what about this? What if for every single hour left of our story, we point to his story? Let me pray for us. Father, all of us are guilty of getting caught up in the wrong story. Some of these stories that we get caught up in, they're they're lies. It's something that we thought we were going to find fulfillment in. It was something where we thought we were going to experience better a better life but instead we found weariness maybe emptiness god i pray that as each of us go back into our homes today and we begin to celebrate the birth of your son jesus yes that we'll still have our traditions and we'll still do a lot of exciting things and eat really good food but we will never miss sight lose sight of how much each of us needed a savior because that really is the reason why we celebrate. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.